0: King of the swingers oh, the jungle I had to stop and that's what's bothering me I wanna be a man, man cop, and stroll right
1: To all who come to this happy pod welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris bowersox
0: and I'm Kyle Skinner.
1: And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll choose a Disney topic and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Check us out or play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at
0: gmail dot com. Chris, this is uh, this is episode one.
1: Episode we've, we've done it. One. We've been
0: we've been talking about this for how long now, and we're finally getting it done. I think probably two years (laughs) it's
1: been a really long time every time we get together we're like we're gonna do the podcast we're gonna do it
0: every every time it's the off season we're gonna do we're gonna do the podcast and every off season comes and goes every time but uh, i'm glad
1: glad we're up and running here uh with episode one um so before we get into our topic of episode 1 and uh get into announcing our uh our seeds um let's talk a little bit about who we are for those of us out there who don't know us um my name's Chris Bowersox um I live in New York City uh I was a huge Disney kid growing up watched all those movies on VHS that we all had in those big clunky plastic VHS boxes and uh yeah, I grew up in Southern California, so I went to the Disney parks as a kid all the time, so it, it played a huge part in my childhood and uh, was a way for me to connect with my family and a lot of my friends. Uh, awesome memories of uh, Disney as a kid, um, and you know, it's something that I still enjoy today as an adult, so I'm um, uh, really excited to have a show like this where I can look back on all those things and look forward to the future as well and hopefully break down everything that Disney has coming down the pipe.
0: Yeah I mean uh, we're recording on a day where reservations for Star Wars Galaxy Edge opened up uh, oh boy and I saw the Twitterverse going nuts about that but I am Kyle Skinner I live in Oakland California um, I grew up going to Disneyland once every other year about um, with my family. My mom was a big Disney fan. Grew up watching all the movies and that kind of carried over into adulthood. Um, I was a fairly big Disney history nerd in college and would uh, kind of spend my time listening to other podcasts and reading books about Disney history. Um, and of course, I'm a huge fan of all of the movies and, and the attractions at the parks. And so I'm excited that we're doing the show. But we're doing the show... In bracket style, because Chris and I both happen to work in baseball. So not only are we big Disney fans, but we're big sports fans. And so we're able to connect our two hobbies and I guess one a profession together to uh, bring you the show.
1: Yeah. And and we met in college working at summer camp. Um, It was really, really funny. Uh, We had been working together for a couple of weeks and I, I do not remember how we started talking about Disney. I think probably beers were involved or something, um, and it, it just one of us said something like, "Oh yeah, I'm like a really huge Disneyland fan," and I was like, "Wait, no, I'm like a huge Disneyland fan," and I was like, "No, but I'm like a huge Disneyland fan," and then the other one was like, "No, but I'm like a huge," Disneyland. and it just kind of snowballed, um, and that's it's something that uh,
0: we've shared for, you know, four five years now um, and we ended and so, up going to disneyland together we did a disney trip together after finding out we're both disney fans and like you said this all kind of spawned over what we assumed to be some drinks um <laughs> which uh which is convenient that we're doing the show while drinking in a little segment that we like to call spoonful of sugar aka what are you drinking so chris as we do this show what is your drink of choice today My drink of choice is something I created
1: myself. I'm calling it a mad tea party. It's green tea and gin, London gin. So it's kind of supposed to be like a Mad Hatter, Alice in Wonderland inspired drink. And uh, I thought it was going to be really, really gross, but I kind of enjoy it. So I'm I'm kind of proud of myself.
0: What are you drinking, Kyle? That's interesting right there. I'm drinking a beer. That is called Dead Guy Ale Rogue. And for those who are uh, who don't know me, which I would assume is no one listening to this podcast. I'm assuming that you probably all found this because you do know me. But I am a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan. And on this can is a little skeleton guy holding a beer. Which reminds me a lot of the attraction and Curse of the Black Pearl. So I, of course, had to grab it. And it is it is whatever. It is a whatever beer, but the can looks pretty cool so we're gonna go with it
1: is that how you want to go out one day as a skeleton on pirates of the caribbean holding a beer in
0: your hand is that how you want to die i think i think that would be the most ideal to be honest i think if i'm if i'm dead and my wishes are to be put into that attraction but holding a beer somewhere i would want to be in that little bar scene where the guys are drinking endlessly i'm the one pouring their drinks
1: you would be filled with the smell of Pirates of the Caribbean water for the rest
0: of time. And who wouldn't want that? It's pretty special. All right. So, Chris, what is our first topic of the podcast?
1: Episode one is, drumroll please, best Disney hero. Heroes. Okay. And now... uh Before we talk about what is a hero and what isn't a hero, we should talk about how we are excluding Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar from this conversation today.
0: This is Um, a strictly Disney animation and Disney live action company bracket none of the outside acquisitions
1: i'm sure one day we will get into your marvels your star Wars's, and your pixars uh, and we will definitely talk about those characters and those movies one day Um, but it it gets to be a little bit overbearing when you're including all of those films as well so uh, we wanted to keep it classic keep it pure um, and we're just going with films
0: that were produced by disney studios Exactly. All right. So a hero, we let each other kind of define what a hero is to ourselves, and that's how we're going to kind of make our choices as we go through this bracket. To me, a hero is someone who is not only brave, but uh, selfless. Um, They are constantly on a mission to produce something of a positive outcome, um, sort of in a saves the day kind of uh, umbrella there um to me and so that's how i use that's the framework that i used when going through the bracket um to make my picks which of course will probably be busted within the first round of uh, 16 here but chris how did how did you define a hero
1: well to me the most important thing is that a hero is good it represents goodness uh I know that there are things called tragic heroes. I I couldn't really define those for you right now on air, but uh, I I think they aren't good. But um, to me, a true hero, especially with Disney, um, a hero is good. Um, And, you know, at the same time, a hero is someone who probably learns something. Uh, They go on a a mission or a quest or an adventure um, and they end up overcoming a lot of challenges and they end up learning something at the end or returning home or ending up in a different place physically or emotionally or spiritually um, than they were when they started um, their adventure or their movie. So um, that's a really important thing to me when when I think about um, a hero on screen or in a book or something like that.
0: All right, so we have 16 heroes in our bracket. Which of course, Chris, there's more than 16 heroes in the Disney animation and live action universe, right? There's there's a lot.
1: Uh, I went through the list of Disney Studios produced movies, and there's a lot that I've never heard of before. So, yeah. <laughs> um, obvious, and you know, there's movies I haven't seen. I'm sure you haven't seen. Um, Uh, I don't think we're going to spend our time going through and watching all of those movies and researching those characters. So we kind of had to figure out a way to um, narrow down um, all of those characters into a field of 16 um, that would give us something interesting to talk about that we would be able to speak on and also our listeners would be able to relate to and and also have their own opinions on. Um, So what we did to come up with our field of 16 as we mentioned, we're Disney parks people. Um, so we took a trip down to Disneyland uh, and, and we surveyed uh, a group of people um, and asked them who their favorite Disney hero is. Uh, and that's kinda gonna be our methodology for selecting our fields of 16 moving forward. Um, and we're gonna try to pick a different demographic every time we go down there. So for this episode, uh, our demographic was, Young women wearing black leggings and Monsters U hats. Who may or may not be in a local sorority.
0: You know who you are. You know who you are.
1: If anyone has been to a Disney park in the last, like, four years, you know exactly what we're talking about. Those Monsters U dad hats.
0: If you've ever been to California adventure since the premiere of Monsters University, all you see in California adventure are... Women in black leggings, monsters youth hats we're holding some sort of radiator springs cone drink, margarita from the margarita stand in the in the Pacific wharf area, maybe a beer from the beer carts that's it's it was so easy to get a round of sixteen. I will say that in their defense, everything that's served from a cone in
1: Carsland is pretty good
0: you're not wrong, you're not wrong there, okay, so sixteen of course some barely missed in our survey there were about four well four choices but many different characters that just missed the dance um so we're gonna go ahead and go go over those chris who is the first to miss the dance uh
1: so the first one was any of our classic princesses our snow whites our cinderella's our aurora's Didn't make the cut. Um, And I think that that's probably because they represent this really old dated version of femininity. Um, And I don't really think it resonates with a lot of people these days, especially when you're talking about heroes, um, people who generally um, drive the plot of a movie through action. A lot of these princesses don't really do a whole lot. Um, And they end up getting sweeped off their feet by a prince in the end. And it kind of is nice and cute and it makes a good story sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily make for a very satisfying character.
0: Yeah. And as we've seen, that trend has completely been blown out of the water by the Disney company uh, with their new princesses. But um, yeah, so none of the classic princesses made this dance uh, or this ball, if you will.
1: No pun intended. Um, Actually, pun pun very much intended.
0: A lot of pun intended. Uh, Another one that didn't make the dance, just missed it, is Alice. You know why? Because Alice did it to herself. All right, let's be honest. She was curious. She fell down the hole. She made all these choices that got her into trouble, and she was really just trying to get out of the situation. She's gone. She's not in the dance. Um, Just missed it.
1: The other thing that I really, really don't like about Alice in Wonderland um, is that, she seems like she just kind of keeps messing up um, and making mistake after mistake and just kind of like stumbling through Wonderland. Right. Um, And it ends up where she's about to be executed by the Queen of Hearts. And then she like wakes up from a nap. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so she really didn't even do anything in this movie. She was just asleep the whole time. The camera literally
0: just followed her around as she made mistake by mistake until she woke up. That's but, that's the plot. Put that on Wikipedia. That's the plot of Alice in Wonderland. That's the
1: plot, and she she continues to be like a very popular figure in, in Disney culture, which I've never understood. I don't know. No. Uh, another character who just missed our field of 16 was Emperor Cusco. Uh, yeah, that one's kind of tough for me because I love Emperor's New Groove. It's a great movie. It's so funny. I think it's very underrated. It's one that people don't really talk about anymore, but um, it's just very, very well written. And a lot of the characters are super funny. Um, but the, the movie is supposed to be about Emperor Cusco and he's kind of a jerk, um, throughout the entire picture. And I don't really like him. Um, and I don't really feel for him when he's, he gets turned into a llama and then gets cast out of his kingdom. Um, it's a little bit hard for me to root for him to, to return to his. Previous position of power.
0: Yeah, I'm um, with you. It takes him being told he's a jerk by being turned into a llama that makes him change his ways. So, I think that there's 16 other stronger candidates for a hero <laughs> that didn't need to be turned into a yeah, llama.
1: Yeah, I- I'm not surprised he didn't make the cut.
0: Yeah. All right. And the last one that didn't make the dance, and this hurts me, guys. This hurts me to no end because one of my favorite movies of all time is the goofy movie and in the goofy movie the title character goofy is such a hero at the end of the movie he saves the whole dang thing with his brat son and goofy didn't make the dance i mean not only did we have soundtrack of the year from the movie not only did we have humor of the year from the movie but the heroic way that goofy put his embarrassment aside to show up for his son at the end like it brings a tear to my eye every single time
1: the thing to remember about goofy is he is a very prominent figure in like disney marketing materials he's a member of the fab five along with mickey and minnie and pluto and donald Um, and so when i think about goofy i don't really necessarily think about the goofy movies um, I think about Goofy in the Fab Five and him walking around the Disney parks, and his role in that group is kind of a Goofy, incompetent idiot, for lack of a better word. So, <laughs> um, even though he displays plenty of heroism in the Goofy movie, and an extremely Goofy movie, <laughs> oh, when <boy>. Goofy <laughs> goes on the X Games and oh, goes rollerblading, we don't um, about that one. but uh I just I don't know. He he doesn't really strike me as a hero if, if I were to, like, close my eyes and think about Goofy as a character.
0: So. I mean, completely fair. And uh, he's just another one that uh, ends a movie in dancing that doesn't quite make the dance here on our episode. But you know who did make the dance? Chris Bowersocks. 16 very worthy heroes made the dance. 16. So Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and run through. I'll go. Let's go ahead and uh, let's start that epic draft music. All right. I'm feeling it. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Chris, start us off. Pick number one. The number
1: one seed in the Mouse Madness Best Disney Heroes Bracket from the movie Hercules.
0: Hercules. All right. And here, coming in, number two from the movie Aladdin, 1992 version. We're not we're not in the future here. We haven't seen the live action one yet. Is Aladdin. Wow.
1: All right, well, um, coming in at number three from the movie The Lion King, Simba.
0: Oh, boy. And number four. Here we go, Mulan.
1: Okay, wow, that's a, that's pretty high for Mulan. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, coming in at number five, from the movie Peter Pan,
0: Peter Pan. All right, and I need everyone to please be quiet as I announce this next seed because it uh, should truly be the number one seed. He is so in my heart. It is the one and only Jack Sparrow, not Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. I have a lot to say about this already. I can't wait for that one. (laughs) Number one? All right. Uh, In my heart. All right. In my heart. Okay. Okay.
1: We'll get to it. Coming in at number seven, this is one of our newer characters that made the field of 16. But I guess we'll just have to wait to see how far
0: she'll go from Moana, Moana. That one hurt me a little bit. let Here we go. Swinging his way into the number eight seed, Tarzan from Tarzan. Tarzan's king of the jungle, right? Yes, he shares that title with George.
1: Yeah, yes. They're brothers. Um, coming in at number nine, open your... No, no I'm not going to do it. Went for it. Just coming in at number nine from the movie Frozen, Princess Anna. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, and then hopping her way into number 10 from the movie Zootopia, Officer Judy Hops. At number 11, we have
1: a true bracket buster from the movie Wreck-It Ralph.
0: It's Ralph. And in coming in, number 12, a pun that I cannot think of. It is Mowgli from The Jungle Book. Well, Mowgli made the field of 16. Somehow, some way, he snuck his way in like the true Cinderella (pun intended) himself.
1: These monsters, you hat-wearing human <laughs> beings at Disneyland, really, <laughs> really thought Mowgli
0: was all right. Also, Mowgli from the uh, 1967 version of the Jungle Book, not the 2016 or whatever it was. Of course, of course. Uh, and speaking of which,
1: our, our next character recently had a, a live-action remake. Um, but we are talking about the original from the movie Dumbo. Dumbo.
0: All right. And coming in at number 14, the conscience himself, the one and only Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio.
1: Okay. so Okay. So Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio on the Disney Heroes bracket.
0: But not Pinocchio but not himself. Pinoc- and okay. we are going to dive all up in that. Okay. All right, just
1: making sure I heard that right. Oh, you
0: heard it. Okay.
1: Number 15, another classic Disney character, but it's not one, it's two. Oh boy. From the movie 101 Dalmatians, potentially the greatest parents of all time, Pongo and Perdita.
0: Ho, ho, ho. And rounding out the round of 16, sliding their way into our hearts, our DMs, and into the sixteen spot is the Jamaican bobsled team from Cool (laughs) Running? I don't know what four uh, monster you wearing girls have seen Cool Runnings, but they chose Cool Runnings to hop into that 16 seed. And I guess we just gotta, we gotta roll with that. I mean, you know what? I'm I'm not sure that's a very
1: bad selection. But you know what? Cool Runnings was on Netflix, so. That's true. <laughs> there, there, you get a little bit of a Netflix bump. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So there is our field of 16. Um, we're gonna go ahead and I guess we'll dive right into it uh, with our first round matchup. Uh, seed number one versus number 16. Uh, it's gonna be Hercules versus the Jamaican bobsled team. Wow. I still am kind of shook by that round 16 selection. Yeah, that uh, 16th here selection. Here it is. Here they are in our face. OK, well, uh, just off the top of my head, Hercules is a really classic hero in history. Um, he is known beyond Disney. Uh, he was like Greek, a legend of Greek mythology. Um, and so he really is kind of the ideal. And in the movie, Hercules, they, they talk about that, right? So his goal in the movie is to become a hero literally that's his goal to be a hero and uh, to prove to his dad zeus that he's capable of being a god um and so i i, I like that a lot um it is a little bit spoon-fed for me uh, sometimes i like kind of the more obscure hero um hercules learns to love um he learns that that's really the um trait that makes someone heroic. I think Zeus says it at the very end of the movie. He's like, it's not the size of your biceps, it's the size of your heart or something to that extent. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, good. Really yeah. Good. yeah. Uh, and so Hercules learns that, uh, which I like. Um, but again, it's a little bit on the nose for me. But then again, I mean, he's he's a really recognizable figure in, you know, the Disney library. And I, that's probably the reason he was the number one character mentioned in our survey is because you, you think of Hero and you think of Hercules because he's Disney, but he's also kind of physically dominant and he, he fights monsters and he gets the girl then. So it's kind of a very classic representation of a Hero. Um, so I would definitely, I think, choose him over the Jamaican bobsled team, even though I do... Kind of like the idea that the Jamaican bobsled team—they're like accidental heroes almost, where they're really just seeking personal glory, um, and they end up losing. They do not achieve their goal in the movie, right. but they like rally an island you know, in a super unlikely way. And they—I think in the like—and right before the end credits roll, there's a, a text on the screen that says like they went back to their island heroes, um, which I think is really cool. Um, and I think it says that you know. You don't have to fight evil monsters with regenerating heads to be considered a hero. You can just break the color barrier and stuff like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that I'm going to go ahead and agree with you with the Hercules notion here. Uh, The Jamaican bobsled team, I mean, they didn't even make it. And so they needed something to rally behind, and they really brought everyone together for one common cause. Um, But like you said, they also lost, and they inspired but they didn't really save the day necessarily while Hercules, that was his entire MO was to quite literally just save the day. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. Hercules number one seed defeats Jamaican bobsled team from cool runnings and moves on in our Disney hero bracket.
1: Nice. All
0: right. The number two or the round two matchup is number two, Tarzan versus number nine, princess Anna. All right. For me, this was a difficult one. I mean, for first of all, Anna being number nine, to be matched up with the number two, this was something, something was skewed here. these these monster you wearing girls really knew what they were doing when they were taking this survey because this is difficult for me. But I think at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to go with Tarzan and here's why. Tarzan, from the beginning, has always been someone of of a kind heart who wasn't really motivated by selfish needs. I mean, he was always trying to fit in with the crowd. Um, Willing to put kind of his embarrassment aside to really fit in with the, the elephants he grew up with, the gorillas he grew up with. And when encountering humans, he while he was frightened, he wasn't frightened enough. He was actually wanting to learn about them, which is quite brave of him, while Jane was also trying to learn about him. And in all of that learning... There are so many instances of him kind of saving the day, whether it's when they're being attacked by that pack of monkeys and he when they first meet and he saves Jane, or when he's not afraid to face the gun at the very end by Big Buff Man. I can't really remember his name at the moment, but he he quite literally throughout the movie saves the day. He also kind of saves the day at the end of the movie overall. He shows people that you can't be afraid of things that you're unfamiliar with because you can't judge that in which you haven't seen before and that kind of message and that kind of him showing people that these gorillas are okay you shouldn't kill them i'm maybe different from you but we have more similarities than differences like to be that brave is super heroic um princess anna of course i mean from the get-go of the movie um she was kind of selfish i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh she she finds love and kind of puts everything else aside for this love which results in all this kind of chaos that leads to winter being forever princess anna's fault and at the end of course she does save the day with her love which i'm sure that you're gonna dive into um but i think that tarzan's willingness to face adversity was stronger than princess anna's love and for me tarzan is my pick in round two
1: so can I ask you a quick question? You Did can. you grow up watching Tarzan?
0: I can't say I grew up watching Tarzan, but Tarzan's <laughs> but Tarzan's trailer is the most uh, memorable in my mind from the earliest of ages. If that the only I
1: reason remember. I say that is because I think there could be a familiarity bias or a nostalgia bias or something Mm -hmm. when we're talking about uh, a lot of these things. And this'll come up throughout this podcast. Um, And I think it's relevant to the conversation um, is that some of these characters are so special to us because they're nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did not grow up watching Tarzan. Um, And uh, Tarzan was a movie I didn't see until recently. Um, And I remember thinking the movie felt really dated um it felt super late 90s which it was uh, i think 1998 or 1999 mm-hmm. um he's like doing these inline skating tricks like on the um branches <laughs> i'm like okay x <laughs> games was cool um and that doesn't make him a bad character it just it may i don't know that the movie holds up um and frozen is just so culturally culturally relevant right now and it, it it is a movie that really holds a special spot in my heart because it's one that a lot of my friends bonded over when it came out um and my initial reaction um when i heard anna was in this bracket um i was like oh my gosh there's no way that there's no way that she can lose in the first round she's an incredible character but the more i think about it i think what you're saying is is kind of right um And I don't think she's not a hero because she messes up in the beginning. I think that that's actually a hallmark of a good hero. Um, Someone who, someone like Hercules, who is kind of a klutz and keeps messing up. You know, Hercules knocked down all the buildings in his town or whatever. And um, yeah, Anna is really foolish and she wants to get married to Hans right away, just meeting him. Um, And she learns that true love might not be what she thinks it is, it might be something that can be found elsewhere. Um, and I really like the way that she grows as a character throughout the movie. Um, but I'm not sure she's super brave. Um, I mean, there are a few instances in the movie where she is. But um, I, I, I agree that I think Tarzan gives you um, better lessons to go out into the world with than Princess Anna does. And to me, I think that makes a really good hero. All right. So I will give you Tarzan,
0: Kyle. All right. All right. There we have it. Tarzan moves on. What's our third matchup, Chris?
1: Uh, Our third matchup is uh, Mulan versus Dumbo. Um, And this one, I think, is a really easy pick for me. Um, I'm going to have to definitely give it to Mulan. Dumbo is a very simple movie, Um, it's like 40 minutes long. Yeah, it's short. And the plot is very simple. The stakes are not very high. I mean, Dumbo's mom's gone, but like <laughs> the the world isn't in jeopardy or anything like that. Um, and I, I do kind of like that about Dumbo. Um, and it makes that hero a little bit more approachable. Um, and I really, really like the end of the movie when Dumbo is like falling off of like a burning building into mm-hmm. like a big clown trampoline and his little magic feather flies away um and it turns out like he was magical the whole time and the moral of the story is the power was always inside of you or something (laughs) i do like that um but mulan saves china
0: (laughs) i mean it's hard to compete with Um, that
1: and the, the thing is is not only does she save china she gives honor to her family which is something that was really important to her at the beginning of the movie um she finds self-worth which is a, a problem she had in the beginning and icing on the cake she gets one of the best disney dudes like in the disney library um and and the movie isn't about her pursuing that guy either it's she just does what she needs to do. And then the guy just comes along with it, which I think is a really, really awesome way to inject a love story into a Disney movie, especially um, a modern one.
0: Right, yep. I have no arguments with that. We'll go ahead and let Mulan move on in this one. And I can't wait for our best Disney dudes bracket. um, Disney dudes. uh, Because it sounds like you already have a front runner if our next survey demographic Put them in there
1: well the thing is i'm not sure that a lot of people will know his name they might just say like that dude from mulan
0: so right well that, that'll that might count. be working we'll put, against him <laughs> we'll put that down on the uh on the sheet and make sure that everybody our surveyors recognize that um when they're taking that survey all right <laughs> round four we have peter pan versus Mowgli. um for me this was a little bit tougher but there was one instance that Kind of put me over the edge um, in choosing Peter Pan, and this is why Mowgli's whole thing is he was abandoned, raised by animals. Um, the animals are like, "Oh shoot, like this guy's getting old. Maybe we should send him back to his uh, to his human tribe." And Mowgli doesn't understand that, gets mad, runs away, and gets himself into trouble. And the true hero of that movie is Baloo. When Baloo faces down with Shere Khan. And stop Shere Khan from attacking Mowgli. Now, we're talking about the 1967 version, people. So, like, this is way different than the most recent one. But Baloo takes down Shere Khan, gets hurt in the process. Shere Khan is distracted. Mowgli, his his move is to tie a stick on fire to Shere Khan's tail. And Shere Khan runs away. Boom! That's the end of the movie with the entire jungle on fire, <laughs> which is Mowgli's fault. So like he that entire that entire scene where really Baloo kind of saves everything by putting his life on the line, selfish, selfless, selflessly um, to make sure Mowgli's okay. And then Mowgli's whole M.O. is to tie a stick of fire to Shere Khan's tail. Wasn't buying it. Peter Pan. It, this is a tough one too, though, because he's kind of a jerk (laughs) like he's kind of like the the stereotypical like 10 year old brat that that grew up without parents so he doesn't know how to act and really like we should be pointing to wendy in this entire movie for keeping everything together but i think that uh peter pan's kind of like perseverance and his like once he realizes that he really loves wendy the entire pot turns around and he becomes more selfless than he was at the beginning. Um, And so I I choose Peter Pan over Mowgli for that reason.
1: I will agree with you. And I will talk about Peter Pan probably in the next round. But I just want to very quickly bury Mowgli because (laughs) um, he is just not competent human being at all and he really does remind me of alice where he's just kind of stumbling along this journey and everyone's kind of helping him along the way and he's just kind of a doofus and um to reference a a movie outside of this bracket um star wars episode one has a similar problem with anakin little kid anakin who Mm -hmm. just kind of is there and falls into this situation and ends up like victorious at the end of the day right um and it's just really not satisfying to me um and not to mention at the end Mowgli like goes into the village with like a a little girl who's like singing a super annoying song with like a bucket of water or something like that um and and he's like the opposite of tarzan like the, the moral of tarzan is that um it doesn't matter where you came from like your heart is home is where the heart is and but the moral of the jungle book is like go to the village you're meant to be in or so. right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I would like to bury Mowgli. So Peter Pan, a hundred percent pass Great. next matchup. We have Aladdin versus Pongo and Perdita, the parents of the 101 Dalmatians. And this is a really tough one for me too. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Aladdin. um, Primarily because the way he's positioned at the beginning of the movie makes you root for him the entire time. Um, he's running away from some guards in the streets of Agraba. Um, he he's, has stolen a loaf of bread. So, initially, you're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. He's a thief. Um, but he displays like great physical combat skills. He's clearly really smart and clever and charming. Um, and then he gets away and he gives his bread to some little kids. So, He's nice, too, um, which makes you relate to him and makes you really sympathetic towards him. Um, so we really like that guy. Um, now, he ends up being kind of deceptive by like posing as this prince. Um, but clearly, this law is really strict in, in this world of Agrabah. Um, and so he kind of has to do it um, to get the girl that he wants. Um, but he is the proverbial diamond in the rough. Um, and that is revealed. I think at the very end when he frees Jeannie instead of using his final wish to become this um, prince so that he can marry the woman he loves. Um, And that's just, I mean, that's just awesome to me. Uh, That's one of my favorite Disney moments of all time. Um, The Sultan kind of bails him out in the end. He's like, oh, well, we'll just change the law, (laughs) which which is not that satisfying to me. You know, uh, I I still think... um, He's got the perfect combination of attributes um, that makes him a really good Disney character. I will say Pong and Pradeed are great. Um, they go on a journey, run away from home, save their kids. Um, they're fierce, attack dogs. Um, and in the ending of... Um, the One hundred and one Dalmatians is so pure and so good. And I mentioned earlier that, like goodness is a really huge part of what makes a good hero to me. And there's nothing as purely good as a dog, as a good doggo. Um, <laughs> and so, I really like them. um, and like the finale is all of the Dalmatians in the house. Um, and they're like, we're going to have a Dalmatian farm and all live happily ever after. And that's like the best ending, uh, like post movie, just picturing like living on a farm with 101 puppies. Like it <laughs> does not get better than that. So <laughs> I want to give credit where credit's due. That's a great movie. Two good characters, but Aladdin is clearly the better hero.
0: All right. And here's where we're going to have our first little. Uh, a little pushback. Oh, boy. Um, Because I'm going with Pongo and Perdita, and here's my issue with Aladdin is, Aladdin, while he was selfless and running from the guards and giving food to the little kids and stuff, like, his whole MO is to get with Jasmine. And, like, he deceives the genie the first time. Um, He deceives Jasmine pretty much the entire time. Um, And it's not until he has to expose his identity and Jafar finds him um that he has to somehow change his ways to get him back from banishment while pongo and perdita like first of all most people's heroes like they'll point to their parents like our parents are some of the biggest heroes around and pongo and perdita are the poster dogs for heroes their kids go missing. What do they do? Boom! In action. They don't wait around. They don't wait and say, "Oh, maybe our hundred and one puppies will come back. Maybe they just went to the park." No. They immediately sent out a distress signal to the rest of the good dogs in London, who made their way. The signal made its way over to Crillon Deville's uh, hideout, so that a a action plan can be put into place. But they didn't just sit around and wait. Um, they were, they're genuine, they're selfless. I mean, with, when it comes to your kids, I would hope that you'd be selfless as a parent. Um, and like you said, that ending, where they're just chilling with all of their pups again. Like, Not only are they now their puffy's biggest heroes, but they are truly my biggest hero. And Aladdin, despite his turnaround at the very end, there was just a little too much deception for me uh, throughout the movie, So I'm going to have to go with Pongo and Perdita.
1: I like what you said about them being parents. and
0: (laughs) Everything else. (laughs) No, I mean, everything
1: else is true, too. I mean, I think about a child watching that movie, and and yeah, you're right. And that's kind of my initial reaction the most recent time I watched that movie in adulthood was, wow, like, kids cannot relate more to this movie. Like, you have little dogs, and you have dog parents Mm -hmm. something that all children recognize um and you nailed it when you said parents are important heroes that exist outside of movies and television um it's the first person off of The first person out of a word's mouth, whenever you ask them on the spot, usually, who's your biggest hero growing up? A lot of people say, Oh, it was my dad, or it was my mom, um, because they raised me, or they taught me how to do this one thing, or they sacrificed for me, or whatever. Um, Parents are everyday heroes. But this is Disney. This is Disney movies. uh, And when I think about the cultural relevancy of Aladdin, I just, I don't know. I think he, I think even though all those things you said are true about um, him being kind of sketchy and having ill intentions, I, I think we forget about that usually. Like the, the, the common person forgets about all those and remembers him coming around in the end um, and his acts of heroism throughout the movie. Couldn't tell you what he does in Aladdin 2 or Aladdin 3 or 4 or <laughs> however many there are, but... I'm going to stand my ground and say Aladdin. So I think we're going to have to go to a tiebreaker. I
0: think we are going to have to go to a tiebreaker. And how are we going to break these ties on this show? So we are going to come up with a different way every week
1: to determine our tiebreakers. Um, And me and Kyle come up with these tiebreakers ourselves ahead of time. We decided on best song. The hero who sings the best song between the two is the one who advances. Because who doesn't love a hero who is both heroic but can also sing really well and really nice songs. And so, unfortunately for Pongo and Perdita, they're facing a dude who sings (laughs) one of the most iconic songs in the Disney library, and that's a whole new world. And so, Aladdin,
0: I don't know if you disagree on that, but it's it's Aladdin there, man. I don't disagree. I feel like a uh, Vegas Knights Game 7 fan who just got a five-minute major penalty called on them where they think, hey, this is wrong, but they still blew the four-goal lead. So, I uh, unfortunately, I mean, Cruella Deville" is one of the greatest songs in the Disney catalog. However, it's not sung by the dogs. Therefore, by the rules of this podcast, and it's our podcast, and we can do it how we want. Aladdin moves on. All right, so I'll get over that heartbreak because coming up in round six is Moana versus Judy Hopps. And this one was clearly Moana for me, through and through. Um, unfortunately, Judy Hopps had some animal racism in her <laughs> in the movie, and that's kind of the entire cultural relevance of that movie is harping on the kind of uh, discrimination in police work and in the in the police force, in that she says that predators are biologically evil, um, which is not correct in this movie obviously and so she learns her lesson at the end and becomes the hero and solves the crime as a cop would and as any cop in any cop movie would but moana saves her island moana says oh the ocean wants me here i go she gets into a battle with coconut pirates which who thought of coconut pirates i commend them because that was a a great and fun scene um, she isn't afraid to stand up to the most powerful god in there, in this universe, in Maui. And even though Maui's a goofball, that we find out, uh, anybody else could be a little frightened by that. So she's brave from the beginning. Learn isn't afraid to learn how to sail her ship. Ends up uh, saving essentially the entire what would be the entire ocean. Um, uh, she brings Tophi's heart back to her. Uh, thus reviving life into the plague that Te sent to the surrounding islands. So to me, um, how far you'll go, she'll go all the way, because Moana takes the cake for me in this round. I would
1: argue with you, but... How Far I'll Go is one of the greatest Disney songs ever written. So, Judy Hoff would lose in a tiebreaker anyway. So, give him a lot of the paths.
0: The only song in Zootopia that's really sung is by Shakira as a gazelle,
1: which is not a bad song, really. It's not, it's not a bad song. It's not, bad song. not How Far I'll Go, which I mean, not only is great in the movie, has an amazing remix by Alessio Cara. So.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that.
1: And we'll talk about that in a later podcast, Kyle. But first, we have to get to round seven. Um, which is Simba versus Jiminy Cricket. This is a very interesting matchup. Um, Simba, I'm not really sure I like Simba here. Um, He doesn't have a very epic journey. He kind of gets outcast by Scar as a little kid. He, like, witnesses the death. Sorry, spoilers for Lion King. He witnesses the death of his father at the beginning of the movie. um, And he... um, and Scar manipulates him into believing that it was his fault. Um, and so he banishes Simba from Pride Rock. And then he ends up with Timon and Pumbaa. They sing Hakuna Matata. And then he never wants to go home. He wants <laughs> to just chill for the rest of his life. Um, and so then like, they find Nala. And then he comes back. And is just like, I guess I am the king. And then Scar gets eaten by some hyenas. Right. Um, it's really more of an emotional uh, journey for Simba than it is a physical journey. Um, I don't want to say his emotional journey isn't um, special or interesting. It really is. Um, and, and I think it has a really good lesson in it, And that everyone lives forever, even after death. They might physically be gone, but their memory lives on forever. And the legacy that they have instilled in their children live on forever. And I, I absolutely love that about The Lion King. And I think it's a really good movie. But Also, it has this weird, like, chosen one thing going on where Mm -hmm. Simba's the chosen one, and therefore, like, he can just be chill, Hakuna Matata, and then just come back to Pride Rock and be the king. I don't know. Don't love that, Um, you know. And then we got Jiminy Cricket, which was kind of a wild card entrant. Um, I don't know how he got in here, but love
0: him down in DCA. Who knows? I
1: I guess they do. Um, I I will agree that Pinocchio's kind of a ding dong. He's another one of those. He's a wooden puppet. He's, he yeah he has no brain but um, he's kind of like you know Mowgli like we were talking about before where he goes on this adventure to seek out this self identity and then just ends up kind of like blowing around like a tumbleweed constantly making mistake after mistake um, and then Jiminy Cricket's always there to like bail him out of trouble <laughs> um, and so in my mind in Jiminy Cricket has a great song in the movie um, Give a Little Whistle um, and in the song he says. Always let your conscience be your guide, which I think is the moral of Pinocchio,
0: yeah. um, and therefore is the hero of Pinocchio,
1: Shmee Cricket.
0: I, I mean, I think so. I, I was thinking, when you were when this matchup came about, um, Simba does in the end kind of save the day. He faces off with Scar, throws Scar off the cliff, like uh, Scar did to his dad, R.I.P. Rest in peace, Mufasa. Um, but I mean, like you said, most of the movie he's he runs away. That's an entire thing is him running away and like putting off his responsibility to be the leader and the hero of his pride when his pride was being attacked by Scar and the hyenas, and their way of life was completely shut down. Um, and Jiminy Cricket, like he the entire time he's trying to keep Pinocchio out of trouble, right? And he he tells him not to go with um, Good John and and uh whatever his stupid little sidekick is and he tells him not to go to pleasure island and even though Pinocchio still does it Jiminy although he does give up and this may come back to bite him in the later rounds although he wants to give up and he does he always ends up going back and he always ends up trying to make Pinocchio do the better thing in like some weird way not in a weird way part of the movie Jiminy is kind of like the puppet of puppet master of pinocchio and that he's acting through pinocchio to make sure that pinocchio does the right thing but he's also doing it for kind of selfish reasons because he wants to be recognized and get his big shiny medal at the end from the blue fairy but despite all of that i think for this round uh moves on because simba ran away
1: i will co-sign on that
0: Yep, and we'll see how he fares in the next round because it's gonna be tough. He's got
1: a tough. got a tough matchup. Whoever, he, yeah.
0: Yeah, whoever he faces here, because we have our last round of the round of 16. It is Jack Sparrow versus Ralph from Racket Ralph. All right, so of course, big Pirates of the Caribbean fan. Um, Jack Sparrow. He, he, while he's the hero of the of the franchise. He's kind of like forced to be in that nothing he he acts upon is truly selfless and for the good of others and for the good of the situation, it's more what's gonna save his butt um by way of also saving others, but that's not the main issue i mean in the in the first movie, he's constantly scheming of ways to get his ship back um, from Barbosa and he convinces uh, will and convinces uh, the English uh, the British Navy to go after Barbosa um, on that skull rock and uh, that was just an entire way for him to get there so that he can either kill Barbosa or get his ship back but it wasn't to save the seas or because Barbosa had shown up in destroyed um port royal it was strictly because he wanted his ship back but in the end he does kill barbosa and saves the day and makes everything okay out on the seas because he was this big bad pirate that was blowing up and looting and looking for the last coin Um, but it wasn't because he wanted to be a hero. It's because he wanted to shit back. <laughs> and, and so does that really make him a hero? While Ralph, who started out as a bad guy, was never really a bad guy. Um, in his game, he was a bad guy. But he was always just trying to... He was striving to be the good guy. And while striving to be the good guy got him in trouble, at the end of the day, he ended up saving that entire game universe. Um, and getting vanellope back into her game um despite him losing his medal so that she can enter the game and all that good stuff but like he realizes that there's more to being a hero than the title of hero and i think that's a big realization therefore hurts me to say this but ralph for me moves on and defeats jack sparrow wow um so i think this is a really interesting matchup because you have
1: two characters who are very similar in that they both kind of have their, their roles in the movie are both kind of gray, um, like you said. So Jack Sparrow is this guy who we want to root for, for some reason we're, you know, he's very charming and he's a great swordsman and he's really clumsy and incompetent. He's not that great of a guy, but he's just really fun to watch. And, and we end up really rooting for him. I mean, for me, I, I just, I don't like Ralph at all um i really really like vanellope von schweetz um and it's one of those situations where i think i think i would make the case that wreck it ralph is vanellope's sidekick um and vanellope is kind of the hero of this movie um either that or this movie is just a mess <laughs> it's, it's, it's a terrible movie but um i there's a moment um, in Wreck-It Ralph where he, like, it looks like he's about to strangle Vanellope, and I don't know. I just, I don't really like him that much. He's yeah. going after this phony hero's medal, mm-hmm. um, And it makes me have very little sympathy for him when he um, leaves the Sugar Rush game, and he ends up back in his uh, Fix-It Felix Jr. game, um, and there's no one in his little penthouse. Right. Um, and you're supposed to feel really bad for Ralph, um, but You know part of me like you said with alice like you did this to yourself like why so i don't love ralph and i would actually make the case for jack
0: sparrow to be um the one who advances here wow okay well looks like we have another tie didn't think it would end up these two being chosen by us me ralph you jack but here we are and unfortunately i mean no one sings a song in either of these movies neither of these characters do except jack sparrow who sings "Yoho ho pirate's life for me at the very end of the movie he really kind of says it and he sa- sings it with elizabeth on the on, when he's exiled onto the beach uh ralph i don't think he sings anything he
1: doesn't and... really sing uh they do
0: have that really good song during the end credits um oh but... what you, uh the one that they used in paint the night right Yes. Yes. So, That's a pretty yeah. good song, but it's I think, I mean, he, he doesn't sing? Doesn't sing, and Jack Sparrow kind of does, and so Jack Sparrow <laughs> drunkenly it. stumbles his way into the next round. In true Jack Sparrow fashion. In true, he has bamboozled characters, he has bamboozled us. Oh he is my in the next God. round. All right, so we have reached our round of eight. Um, it was a
1: hard-fought battle for a lot of our... Initial round of 16 entrants. But we have our Elite Eight. Uh, In our first Elite Eight matchup, it will be Hercules versus Tarzan. The next will be Mulan versus Peter Pan. The next will be Aladdin versus Moana. And the final Elite Eight matchup will be Jiminy Cricket versus Jack Sparrow. That one's uh, going to
0: be a tough one.
1: That one's really interesting. We have a couple of kind of like underdog type guys that one of them's going to make it to the final four. Um, so uh, we'll start off talking about Tarzan versus Hercules. Um, I think both of these guys kind of have very, very classic traits to them. Um, the thing move. that I like a lot about Hercules is he does have this willingness to sacrifice himself um, throughout the movie um he's willing to put it all on the line for this really really clear goal that he has as i said before it's a little bit spoon-fed but you know exactly what he wants um and it's really easy for you to root for him to get that thing because you know exactly what it is and you know where the movie's going you know where he's going um and um it, it just makes it really satisfying to me in the end when um he finally gets what he wants, and then realizes he doesn't want what he's always wanted. Um, turns out he... he was home all along, um, which, believe it or not, is the moral of both of these movies.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is going to be a really close matchup. But do you think that Hercules putting it all on the line? Do you think it's because he knew he was almost untouchable? Like, obviously, he didn't realize he was, I mean, he did know he was a god when he was defeating, like, the three-headed dog and doing all that good stuff. So, like, was he willing to put it on the line because he knew he wouldn't get hurt and he was there just kind of showing off and he loved the fame more than he did love saving people? He, like, there's that entire scene where he's getting that portrait painted of him with wearing the Scar uh, throw rug and he's talking they're talking about like shoes and action figures and he's loving this fame so like him being this quite literal hero for the fame does that put him at a disadvantage to tarzan who was just kind of doing it to do it
1: yeah tarzan doesn't know he's a hero Mm -hmm. um hercules knows he's a hero the fact that he seems to be doing all of this stuff for nothing doesn't really bother me so much because I think he's redeemed when he is willing to give up his incredible strength to save Meg. And he gets it back and he throws himself into Hades to to save her and risking his own death um, to bring her back to life. You know, all he's wanted this entire movie was to be be immortal, to be a God. And he, he realizes that, you know what? It's not worth it. If I don't have, the woman that I love with me. Um, I was very on the fence about Tarzan in the first round, and I, I I can't give him a pass to the next round. He can't he can't stumble his way through two rounds for me.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I would say that we have a tiebreaker, but really, Tarzan doesn't sing, and Hercules has an incredible hero song in this one with the Go the Distance. So. Looks like Hercules is going to go ahead and move along. Probably as right. yes, he should. Final four. All right, here we go. Next matchup is Mulan versus Peter Pan. I think we don't even need to discuss this and say that Mulan moves on.
1: Yeah, uh, Peter Pan's really annoying. He does beat uh, one of the best Disney villains um, in the library, but um, it's really not a competition.
0: No, Mulan is definitely in the final four. Which brings us to our next matchup here: Aladdin versus Moana. Chris, who you got?
1: This is a really, really tough one. Um, here's something. Here's something that's really important about Moana as a character and as a movie. She's Wait one on. of these. She's one of these new, quote unquote, princesses. Um, I love Rapunzel but I don't think she quite gets us to where we need to be. Um, and I think Moana finally gets us there. Um, she takes matters into her own hands. Um, she, as you said earlier, saves her island or the world. Um, and so I, I think I like her here because um, I think she's just more relevant um to today and she has the better song so
0: she does have the better song and i think i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you i think that her her bravery and her her staying true to herself um and who she is trumps aladdin not staying true to who he is throughout the entire movie and i think that that's a big point for me too that sends moana into the final four And now here we go with probably the matchup that no one saw coming (laughs) at all. Oh, man. We have Jimny Cricket from Pinocchio versus Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And honestly, this this is tough because it's like, who truly deserves to be in the Final Four? I mean, like... If we're gonna, if I'm gonna go off of my framework of a hero, which a lot of it revolves around um, selflessness and um, try, attempting to reach a positive outcome um, for the benefit of, of more than just themselves, I go towards Jiminy Cricket because although he's pursuing this title of like, he's essentially trying to not be a homeless cricket. And keep his gig as like this well dressed conscience of a of a cricket. And in the end he gets this medal that he was promised at the beginning. Um and so while he's striving for that, he's still also attempting to keep Pinocchio out of trouble. While Jack Sparrow could care less about those around him. I guess it, it changes a little bit in the in the middle movies but even then um it's all about his ship and he he wants and he wants to be captain in one movie he he wants to be the one to live forever like forget everyone else and although he does save the day in that one and here i am contradicting myself um i just think that jiminy is the Oh, gosh! Now I don't even know. Chris, get, you start. You you hop in here because I'm I'm conflicting myself.
1: I think you have a case for Will Turner to be the hero of, uh, especially the first Pirates movie. Um, and I think that puts Jack Sparrow at a disadvantage because I think you could insert either one of those characters and make a case that they are the hero of that movie. Um, because there are times where Jack Sparrow kind of makes you mad. Right. Um, and the fact that he goes on to be in like, is it three more movies?
0: Uh, four more movies.
1: Four more movies, uh, that slowly start declining in quality. Yeah. Um, makes me not really want to give him the pass to the next round and I think when I heard Jiminy Cricket was in this bracket um I thought we I thought there was a really strong argument for him um and I didn't really question it um it's weird but I don't really question it and Jack Sparrow I think you could question so um even if it was a tiebreaker Jiminy Cricket sings when you wish upon a star also I was just gonna say that I
0: was gonna say for gigs Yo um, Yoho, A Life for Me versus uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, which one do you go with?
1: When You Wish Upon a Star, I think, is one of the most iconic songs of all
0: time. I mean, I can't wait till we do a song bracket because that one's going to be hard to beat. Yeah.
1: Um, so I think, I think I'm going to go with Krix.
0: Uh, you know what? I don't really have much of an argument to send Jack through, especially after the points that you make about how he never quite learns his lesson from movie to movie. In fact, he almost gets worse in the way that he acts from movie to movie and becomes less of a desirable hero. Um, Especially when you get to like the third movie. Um, But we, we can hop into the Pirates of the Caribbean bracket another day. Um, But I will agree with you. Jiminy Cricket is in the final four Um, and let's, Let's review this real quick. Our final four uh, matchups in the in representing uh, bracket one is Hercules versus Mulan. And in, in the bottom bracket, somehow, someway, a true Cinderella, it's Jiminy Cricket versus Moana. Wow. Wow. Nope. Who saw this coming? Who saw this matchup coming?
1: Um, I think we have, a, we have a nice spread here. Um, we have two strong female characters. Um, we have a very classic um, hero character. And we have kind of an oddball uh, that kind of falls into the hero role. Um, and we also have a few different um, generations of Disney movies represented. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I think we, we got a lot to talk about. Um, but we are going to cover the final four as well as crown our winner in the next episode.
0: Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And so, just as we said at the top of the show, you can go ahead and reach us on Twitter at Pod. Or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. We're looking for your feedback. We're looking for comments. We're looking for questions about our picks. We're looking for suggestions for other brackets. Our brains are going to run out one of these days. We could use your suggestions. Especially, hey, do you want to be one of the tiebreakers one of these days? Go ahead and email us. Maybe we'll have you on as a guest uh, to break ties so we don't have to make up rules as we go. But um Chris, this was a fantastic first episode.
1: I think we nailed it. I think I think it was awesome. I think I think we did God's work today. I really <laughs> do.
0: We we really might have. So once again, tweet at us, Mouse Madness Pod. Uh, email us at at gmail.com. Um Until next time, I'm Kyle Skinner, and I'm Chris socks and we can't wait to bust another bracket with you. Just like the other men I'm tired of them all around